0: Welcome to Startup BizCast, episode 47. I'm Steve Mullen. Startup BizCast is the weekly small business advice podcast that takes less time than your average coffee break. It's produced by BizPods, the business podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. For more information, please visit www.endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts. You know, after much hemming and hawing about this week's topic, I finally settled on one, thanks to Casey Quinlan. Casey is the owner of Mighty Casey Media and calls herself a business storytelling evangelist. She suggested we talk about storytelling and how it relates to business. I think it's a great idea, and we'll have her on the show coming up. Before we get to that, let's look at recommended reading for this week, though. Once again, there's not a lot of hard small business news going on right now, at least not that I could find, so I'm going to skip the BizCast brief. However, on the Startup BizCast blog, you'll find this week's recommended reading, which includes some great informational articles. TheStreet.com has advice on how to reduce your company's carbon footprint. Fortune Small Business has information on a practice that could land you in hot water with the IRS. And I have a link to an interview with the Small Business Person of the Year who's from my home state of Virginia. Now, once again, you'll find those links to those stories and others on the weekly recommended reading post on the Startup BizCast blog at www.startupbizcast.com. Now we're up to this week's Startup BizCast interview. There are a lot of reasons to use storytelling to promote your business, but the main one is that people remember stories better. Then they'll remember your mission statement or what tools you provide to leverage this, that, or the other. My guest this week is Casey Quinlan, who says I can call her a communications consultant, but she prefers to be called a business storyteller. Casey, thanks for joining us this week on Startup BizCast.
1: It is my pleasure.
0: Now, first off, tell us a little bit about your business.
1: Well, as the mighty mouse of mighty Casey Media, I work with companies, organizations, enterprise to craft and tell the story or stories that really connect them with their market. I find that organizations tend to get wrapped around what the list of their service offerings is, and they neglect to understand the story that really threads all of that together and communicates with the market. Because, you know, there's a thousand IT consultants out there, but what makes you special? You understand what I'm saying? that once they come up with their story, that is what tells folks what makes them special.
0: Now, you're a former TV network producer. Yes. Is that where you first became interested in storytelling?
1: Well, actually, I became interested in storytelling long, long ago when I was a theater student. Uh, I, my, my college career was spent in theater and communication. And then I ended up on the television train. And I have always thought that real connection between people with storytelling that, the you know, the most effective way that we communicate either singly or in groups is with effective storytelling. All of the features and benefits and laundry lists and pie charts in the world are great, but unless you're really con- connecting, communicating with language and with a story, people are not going to pay a lot of attention to you.
0: Is it an issue of memory? I mean, do people really just remember stories better? I've actually heard examples of uh, urban myths. Why do they stick around? Well, because they're interesting stories.
1: Well, that's true. That is true. And there is another very important piece of my mission is that your story has got to be authentic. It has to be real. It has to be true. If someone can make up a really great story, come up with a terrific hike, for some product that may or may not do what it actually says. And actually, late-night television and and off-hour television is is packed full of people telling all sorts of stories in that zone. But if if you really want to tell an effective story, it has to be authentic. It has to be true. And that's the piece that people have less trouble coming up with truth than they do coming up with a good story. But then there are the con artists among us who are really, really good at stories and kind of don't pay so much attention to the truth.
0: <laughs> I guess there's there's a high tech uh, industry word for that. It's called a uh, vaporware. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, uh, it sounds really great, but it really it's just vapor. It never actually happens. It's you know a piece of uh, hardware, or software, or whatever. Yeah. Now, can you give an example of of how you've used storytelling with a client, with yourself, uh, whatever?
1: Well, my my most effective uh, you know methodology with my presentation coaching practice, which is part of what I do, is that usually folks will come to me with a presentation that they're they sales or some sort of educational presentation that they're putting together, and they've got all of the PowerPoint slides and they have their whole thing all sorted out, and God forbid they've actually memorized it. I actually Take it apart piece by piece. I listen to them tell it, you know, they give this to me over and over again, not to a point of uncomfortability, but I work on teasing out the stories, finding out what really the story is behind that one thing that really is the critical piece of what they have to offer, but that they've buried in a in a pie chart or they've buried it in, in an Excel spreadsheet. You really only effectively communicate if you are making it important to your audience in a way that they understand it from their point of view. You have to share their worldview. And so I, you know, I, what I do is I try and find that connecting story. I find out who they're talking to, what it is they're trying to get across, and then sooner or later in one of the sessions, it usually takes about five or six hours, in one of the sessions I will have come up with five or six of the thread stories that they can then abandon often a lot of the eye charts that they were planning on throwing up as slides and just put up single words or single concepts and, and really hold attention on them as opposed to their slides. Now that's the presentation coaching side. As far as coming up with a corporate story or a story that, that one can use, say, on the web or, you know, in, in marketing materials. My sort of highest and best use is coming up with the, the networking 60-second piece, which then leads into discussions about all of the other pieces of their marketing. Because if it's a, if, if, if we can reduce their value proposition, to use the phrase that I'm sure everyone out there has heard, But if we can turn that into a 60-second story and not just a, wow, features, benefits, you et cetera, buy now. No, no, no. This is a story that communicates your value, communicates the company's passion and why they're the best at what they do. If you can do that in 60 seconds, you've got everything you need now to create an entire set of marketing language that you can then use in, Podcast, like we're doing now, is on your web. You can, uh, le- you know, start leveraging it to create really powerful case studies, which are another terrific way of stating your value in a longer form, either on your website or as, um, you know, as downloads that people can, can take a look at or that you can use for marketing. But basically just find that, that central story, that, the real sort of nugget, if you will, then will lead to discovery of all of these other ways so you can state your very real value to your market, and you can even spread it out across a couple verticals. If you are dealing, say, in a, you know, like a large format uh, consultancy in IT, and you have a lot of offerings, well, obviously you're going to need to have a central story, but you're also going to need to have a story for each of those offerings that will communicate your worldview to your customers in a way that they'll know that you you can solve their problem.
0: I guess once you've got it down to 60 seconds, you've essentially got more or less an elevator speech.
1: Yeah, I mean, although most of, there are so few elevators in this town.
0: <laughs> That's true. You're, we, we are both in Richmond, Virginia. I hadn't mentioned that, but uh, Casey is cross-town from me, and yeah. uh, we don't have that many high-rises in Richmond.
1: <laughs> no, and I mean, I come from a high-rise world. You know, world. Uh, you know after, after many decades in New York, it, it really was a, a culture shock when I got down here and found no public transportation and no elevators. But um, elevator speeches, but it really is a way. I mean, an elevator speech really, if you think about it, as you know, an elevator ride. No matter where you are, if you can't do it in in, in fifteen seconds, you're in trouble. But a sixty second is more. I'm thinking in terms of you know, because you talk about elevators. Usually, you can if you open it well in a networking situation. If you've got a good sixty seconds, you can nuggetize it to thirty. But usually you can hold someone's attention for sixty seconds if you have their attention. But if you sound programmed, if it's something you've memorized and you just kind of blather it, you know, somebody presses your on button and you go la 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 and it's the same thing every time, that's a problem. Uh, because it has to be organic. And I, you know, people see me at networking events and they're like, you never say the same thing twice, but you always do say the same thing. I'm like, well, I don't want to bore myself. So I also don't want to bore anyone who might have heard this before. It's always got the same elements, but I treat it each one as a, it's a piece of theater. It's, it's live theater. So, you know, make it interesting.
0: Now, that basic 60-second nugget, you mentioned, you know, obviously changing it for your audience. But I guess it can be used in a number of areas. You mentioned, uh, I believe, website copy, news releases would be another way, kind of, I guess, kind of boiling it down for an elevator speech. What else am I missing there?
1: Well, uh, let's see. I mentioned case studies and white papers, which are another really terrific way to state value. But that's obviously, again, long form. But you could use it in, uh, you know, your, your story could be something that you could insert into every podcast you do. It's, you know, like why it's important, why we're the best. Uh, you, it, it's something that I think if, if a company is going to bother to have a blog, they have to know that that is one of their storytelling engines. And they have to, obviously they can explore a lot of topics, but it has, it should be centrally themed around the story of the company and the the problems that the company solves, and telling you know telling those stories how we solve those problems compellingly, and I mean if you think of it as you know like the blog is your wire service, podcasts um, are your radio program, um, and then case studies and white papers will be your Vanity Fair.
0: We're starting to run a little short on time, so this is the last question. I, unfortunately, it's probably not a short one. I'm guessing, you know, this is a technique where people need a little help getting started, and of course that's what you do. But how would a small business owner go about developing his or her story, the core story?
1: Well, ask. they need to ask themselves two questions. Why do I do what I do? And I, you know, not, and, and if the answer is just for the money, well, you know, you might, you might want to elaborate on that a little bit. But why do I do what I do and why am I the best at it? Because if you can answer those two questions, you've got, you've got a start. You're not there yet, but if you can answer those two questions, you at least know what drives you and it will start to uncover your worldview, not as though you don't know it, but in this sense, in a you know very strict business sense, you have to look at what your worldview is, and then then you can understand how you can communicate that outward to attract businesses who would be looking for you because you share their worldview. You they, they they know through your story that you will understand their problems and be able to fix them.
0: Okay, Casey Quinlan from Mighty Casey Media. I do appreciate you being with us and for also providing the idea for this episode. Thanks a lot. Ah, thank you, Steve. To learn more about Casey's services, you can visit her website at www.mightycasey.com. If you have any questions, comments, or even a guest suggestion for Startup BizCast, please do contact me. You can call my new voicemail hotline number at 206-339-4366. That's 206-339-4366. You can also email info at startupbizcast.com or leave a comment on the blog. That's a wrap for episode 47 of Startup Bizcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mullen.